welcome to another episode of Ordinary Old Catholic Me. Well, it's been a while since I've had a live interviewee on this show because of the COVID lockdown, but now things are sort of loosening up and I have my very first guest since, oh, I don't know, about a year or two, I don't know. And her name is Ada Onwakeme, and she goes to my parish. That's how I know her. That's how I get some of my guests. They come on to talk about their lives as Catholics, and Ada is going to do that with me right now. Well, welcome, Ada. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be with you. What we're going to do is kind of talk about who you are. You're a Catholic, clearly, because you do go to my parish and you have been very active in the parish for, I don't know, a few years, since around 2017. And I want to find out a little bit about you. And one of the things we're going to talk about, we're not there yet, but we're going to talk about the children's books you've begun to write or have been writing for some time. So first, I want to know a little bit about you. Who are you? Who's this Ada? Where do you come from? I'm originally from Nigeria. I went to school in Nigeria Elementary High School and then came over here for college. Did my first degree and second degree and then went back, walked a little bit and then went back home. I'm a Catholic. I was born Catholic. However, in the course of things, I went to Pentecostal, Evangelical, Pentecostal and other denominations. And later on, God brought me back to the Catholic Church and he did it himself because he's through some exercises I was doing for uh, rounding up the year and beginning a new year that uh, God gave me a scripture for me, you know, for that, for the following year. So that particular scripture uh, nailed me with the rosary. Yeah, I went to school here, then went back home to develop my country. While I was there, something happened and I, um, I got over it. Not well, it was over. And then, um, a personal tragedy, I take it? Yes. And so while I was there, another thing happened that I now started to you know, come out here. So when I came out here... To the United States. To the United mean? States, yes. Some literature. I found my, my brother. He, he's, he's, uh, he retained that he's never left. So some of his um, literature I picked up. I read. He talked about a lot of about Catholics, one about the incorruptibles. Interesting. Tell people what an incorruptible is. Yeah. Not everybody knows. Even Catholics don't always know what an incorruptible is. Okay. The incorruptible is that these people that died and they were never corrupt. Their body did not decay. So I was really fascinated. I was like, is this really real? So, and I was reading, I was captivated. Then after that, I read the miracles of the Eucharist. I said, this is awesome. So while I was reading this, there's uh, it was in Georgia, in Atlanta. So there's this Georgia Bulletin, the Archdiocese uh, magazine. They were having a Eucharistic Congress that that June. So I read about it. I was really enthused. What is it about the Eucharist that so excited you? The Eucharistic miracles. What was it that really got you excited? Well, what it what the power in the Eucharist. How some people tried to take it and the miracles. One was about the light, it couldn't be hidden. Some were healed. Another one, 
I read, which I said I'm going to go, was that it cured somebody of cancer. Because it's our Lord. Is, is, yes. Because is, a lot of, again, we deal with Catholics as well as non-Catholics, and a lot of Catholics don't really believe in the real presence, that that is in fact the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ. So we're not talking about magic here. We're talking right. about Jesus, our Lord, saving us in some way or another, sometimes by just giving us grace, sometimes by miracles that you're talking about. I read about how somebody was healed, cured of uh, cancer, and then um, another child, is a, a nun took her to a church, picked her from a, a, a dog's bin, a dump, and uh, the baby, the child sat beside her. So by the time the mass was over, this child was healed and changed. The nun was not asking her how it happened. He said it was when they were the Holy Spirit came to do substantiation. Transubstantiation. Transubstantiation, <laughs> yes. That's a, that's a long word, and a lot of people don't realize that that is the moment during the sacrifice of the Mass in which our Lord becomes present. The ordinary piece of bread, which still looks like bread, is now our Lord. Exactly. That's when the child, you know, was healed mm. and changed. So yeah, it caught me. I said, oh my goodness. And then... I s there's something also later on I found out which Holy Spirit is powerful so after reading all this I, I was like wait oh God let me receive this Eucharist let me re re receive this Eucharist so later on I found out there's a prayer you can pray if you cannot receive it you cannot, if you are not there presently but it was later I found out that prayer mm -hmm. so when I read about it the thing in the Georgia the article in the Georgia Bulletin it talked about several things that will happen and then it happened that that Reverend Sister will also come at that Congress. So, so what happened? Uh, there will be a healing. So, another thing about it is that I had a sore throat, painful. My sister-in-law gave me some home remedy. I said, no, I'm not going to take it. And then I had to take a trip, and I didn't want to go. I said, I'm going to go to this Eucharistic Congress. If this thing I read is true, I'm going to take the Eucharist. I went, then there was this huge humongous monster, big, adoration. So I went there, and my brother took me. I went there with all adored Jesus Christ there during uh, Mass now. Then there was then also, you move around, I forget what it's called. A procession. Procession. So there was a procession, and then during the Mass now, it was time to take the Eucharist. I asked God, I said, God, should I take it? He said, yes, and I did. I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to interrupt you to ask you a question. What if our Lord had not in that particular moment actually healed you? Would you have felt any differently or would you have felt the same way? If you hadn't healed me, I will feel that it's not true. That he's not God? No, that, that what the sister said wasn't true. I see. Okay. Because on all the miracles I, heard, I saw there, mm -hmm. I read. Because mm -hmm. I said I want to, you know, to find out if this is true, all the things I've read, and the miracles of the mm -hmm. Eucharist and the incorruptible. So so your experience was that it was true, you were healed. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, when I came back, when I'm driving back home, and then my sisters could attest, because they saw my coughing and also my horse, because mm -hmm. it wasn't anymore, two witnesses my sister and my brother. I see. So, so this well, brought you back fully to the full, fully yes. to the faith that you had begun to yes, be, was, you were born in basically. Was, exactly. And my grandparents, my parents, you know, were my my 
grandmother was baptized, and my grandmother was baptized. Now, I, I have another question before I forget this. Where, where you were born in Nigeria? Yes. Was this a Catholic area, or was it a minority who were Catholic? The area, it was Christian. The surroundings, they are Muslim, but not quite. Okay. So the, that was hard to be a Catholic where you were? Then, no, because, see, the Joe city, that city, that was, I was born there, but I'm not, it's not my ancestral home, so I mm -hmm. can't claim it as my claim. Uh, uh, we claim where our parents were as our ancestral home. I see. It's geographical, it's like French, French, Germany, da-da-da. So, th those land area. I see. That's and you're from a particular group. You and I have talked about this in the past, that there are a lot of different, I guess, tribes of, of people. Ethnic groups. Ethnic yes. groups, okay. So, so you're of a particular group, and you've told me, but I'm not going to pronounce it. You tell me. Igbo. Igbo, okay. And that's spelled I-G-B-O, right? Just want to clarify that there are a lot of different ethnic groups within the community in which you were born. But, yes, mm -hmm. yes. But most of the, that particular just because of the geographical location and also the terrain, the climate, lots of Christians that came to evangelize Nigeria had their headquarters there. Beautiful spring-like all year round. Beautiful vegetation grows lots of, um, you know, Western vegetables. They had their headquarters there. So when you said about Christians, so th there are lots of Christians there. And of different denominations. Of different denominations, yes. And because of that, the Muslims have been fighting that place till today. Hmm. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. September 7th, they attacked that city. September 11th, they attacked New York City. September 7, 2001, mm -hmm. Friday, mm -hmm. they attacked that city. And then September 11th, their bigger brothers attacked, attacked the World Trade Center. The World Trade Center. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so that's why I just wanted to get a little clarification as to where you came from okay. so that some of us, you know, we live in very, very quiet environments. You did not. You lived in a very complex place. Yes, yes. so yeah, it was, yeah, so it was much later after the Civil War that things became, started becoming, becoming tense. Mm hmm between Christians and Muslims. Well, let's bring you back to but the United States because yes, yeah. because so much exciting stuff happened here. Yes, And exactly. uh, so you came back to the faith in a very powerful way. And and then what happened? And then, you know, so coming back from that Congress, so I remember vividly, it still had an impression on me as I were turning into the drive, from the driver, into the, from the street into the driver. I was now like, okay, now, where do I go? He hit me, I said, why waste my time? I'm going to the Catholic Church the following Sunday. <laughs> so from since then, I haven't looked back. And later on, I learned that I should have gone to confession before taking the Eucharist. Yes. So when I realized it, so I went to my priest and told him. That's, that raises actually an interesting uh, reality, which we see you know, here too, is how many Catholics often don't realize they, re they receive communion without going to confession because they sort of think it's okay and that's not that wasn't just you that's a lot of Catholics who do that and I think part of that is because at least here in this country in the 60s and 70s sort of the idea became less of one of of solid belief and also an awareness of sin and so a lot of people thought to themselves oh that's okay I can just go receive communion any old time but we realize that that is not the case and 
So that's an interesting part of your story. And that's a story of many of us reverts. I'm a revert too, meaning I was born a Catholic and then left it for a while and came back and had to sort of relearn my own faith. So after that, what happened? So now you're back in the Catholic Church and... I started prayer, praying the rosary and then... Yes, yes, yes. I was not asking God um, about Blessed Virgin Mary, you know. I don't think um, she's the queen, you know. Right. A lot of people have trouble with her in yeah. the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... My brother said, okay, oh, we're going to ask this monk in the, in the monastery. So we found out the monk travels out of the country, so we couldn't speak to him. So there's another friend of my brother. He's also a um, staunch Catholic. My brother told me to ask him. So I asked him, he said, oh, the Blessed Virgin Mary, that I should check um, Jeremiah, that she was crowned queen, I, I, uh, that she was... Not Jeremiah, but there's another, I think, there's a passage he told me to read that Jesus um, he cannot he cannot go out back the same way, it has to be closed. The Lord went through the door, you know, closed. Mm -hmm. It will be closed, nobody can enter it again. So that's when, about Blessed Mother having children, Pentecostal said that he had... She right, other had, people say she had other children, had other and children. we Catholics say, no, 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 she's mm -hmm. a virgin, and there was only the the miracle of our Lord's, um, of the Holy Spirit passing over right. her. Yes, mm -hmm. yeah. So there was a place where they said that the Lord passed through there, so that, that mm -hmm. door was closed. Right. And then about her being a queen, because, she, uh, you know, crowning, uh, her crown. In okay. heaven. Yes, Revelation 12, 1. Mm -hmm. So that was the scripture that God gave me for that year, 2005. Because the, the December, I was praying, praying and fasting and asking God, what scripture are you going to give me for? So I was like, oh my goodness, this is the scripture that God gave me. Wow, this is really true. The Blessed Virgin Mary is really true. She was really crowned queen. So I was like, no mistake, you know? Mm -hmm. Me coming back is no mistake. Mm -hmm. So, but again, there's another one. About four days later, I said, but how about the, this children thing? Revelation 12, I think 17, the last, I know it's the last verse. It says, and God went to, um, the devil went to make war with her children. That is, the Blessed Virgin Mary was crowned queen in, the, in Revelation 12, one. at the end of it, it says, the, when the dragon was fighting, when he's, he couldn't fight her anymore, the, God helped her by opening the ground and swallowing the floor that the Satan, the dragon, spewed out to swallow her. It opened up and, and then swallowed up the flood. Mm. So now the dragon now went to make war with her children, which is us. Right. And also, I remember also my brother telling me that how John was given to Blessed Mother, Blessed Mother was John was giving to her that we are her children that should take it that, that John represented us also. And what makes it so actually so beautiful in many ways it's dramatic what you're talking about because you're talking about the battle between good and evil and how she will crush the head of Satan and all of that that was predicted you know prophesied way back in the earliest possible documents but also it's wonderful because it makes our Lord our brother basically he yes. is our brother because yes. we're her children, True. and and she he is her child, and yeah. So it's 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 so it's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. I wanna I wanna now kind of move on if that's okay because you have a very 
beautiful and long story, but I want to get to more close today about what you're doing now. You're doing, well, I know for a fact that you have done some teaching of children. I remember once I, I really enjoyed that when you were, you were here a little bit, you stayed with me for a brief time and you had these puppets and you were so wonderful with them. And you used the puppets when you would talk with children and teach children. And I assume that you still have the puppets. And they were just made me, they just made me very happy because they were very sweet. And it was such a lovely way to visualize for children, <laughs> never mind for me. But are you, are you, are you, did you start writing then or have you started writing in the more recent years? When did oh, you start writing? Well, I, read, I started writing a little bit way back. Um, 2004, oh. I published my first children's book. I, I remember you had a kind of an autobiography that you did. Um, meaning about yourself, about your, your story. Th yes, that was in my my church, Pray for Our Unity and Work for Our Unity. Oh, okay. Okay. So that was um, after the children's book. Okay. So that, yeah, the adult book, the why, um, My Church, Pray for Our Unity and Work for Our Unity, that one is just a miracle on its own because when I used the, the, the children's book, my first children's book, Why I Taught You Half Patchy Shells, to go to schools, yeah, and and read to them. The children would ask me, "Have I?" Say the name of the book again. I remember reading it. So, okay, which, uh, the, what the, the turtle book? Okay, white turtles have, have patches, patchy shells, patchy shells. Okay, that's good. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, I I'll tell them, oh, I haven't written any adult, book and I don't think uh, I'm able to write, you know, for them, for adults. Within my mind, I say, ah, they are smarter than me. I don't think I can write anything for them. You know, children, they keep asking me. So many schools. I'm like, what are these people trying? Okay, you know what I will do? I will say, yes, if God helps me. So the last I remember, they asked me, um, I answered them, oh, I know I cannot write, but if God will help me, yes, I will. Why I said that was so that they would not be asking me the question because they really were. They do ask me. And sometimes when they, there are some things they ask me, I know Holy Spirit is using them because there was another one which I can't recall again, which was exactly something. So the the Spirit of God really works with children. So after that, that was it. And, then, and I put it in the back of my mind and I never planned. So you didn't it. plan to be a writer? No, for adults. Right. Well, I knew, I understood that. You never, because you didn't feel that you had, your charism was towards them. Yes. Right. And also I have the skills of content to write for them. I understand. Yeah. That general uh, for any subject. I went to Atlanta again and on coming back, you know, to Utah that particular very early in the mornings. Well, I was asleep on January fourth, twenty eleven. About three twenty six AM okay, in my ears I had my church pray for our unity and work work for our unity. So I picked up the nearest um, book beside me, near me which was my Bible, I wrote it down so that I don't forget. So I now wrote it and I didn't think much about it when I woke up. I now went home, went back to Utah and then on Sunday I went to help my friend because I teach religious education, CCD. So I went to help my friend in the CCD class. So while she was there, she was, she was uh, distributing uh, religious card, prayer cards to her students from the homework they did, giving them, rewarding them, and giving them prayer cards. So she had this stack. I said, she finished giving them, and then she was now going to take these prayer cards back into her, into the box. 
Just if I have what? She looked at me. She didn't give me that stack. She she shuffled the pack of her cards and then selected one and then changed her mind. She went to her box where the whole pack of prayer cards were and selected a card and gave it to me. And then the cash she select she gave me was Saint Charles Borromeo. Oh yes, Charles Borromeo, very important guy. November fourth, you know, it's her feast day. The bottom line, I don't want to read the whole thing. Of course. But it says that Charles Borromeo made an effort to reform priests, you know, concerning the breakaway that uh, happened when uh, Protestant Reformation. Mm -hmm. So I was like, wow. They said Charles Borromeo prayed for towards the unity of all Christians. Then the C part was Ch Charles Borromeo pray for us that we may walk towards the unity of Christians. Help us accept those whose beliefs differ from our own. Amen. So you were kind God of led to evangelization, essentially, of those who are not of the Catholic faith in a loving and truthful way. And that's what you mean about the unity, trying to bring back everyone to the, to the faith. Exactly. So that God really wants me to write something. So I thought it's going to be like a pamphlet, mm -hmm. six pages. Okay, so I didn't you know, do anything, though, but I'm like mm, mulling it over. So then on Wednesday of this particular week, that Sunday was 9th and the Wednesday was 12th, in my Bible study, a bowl was filled with names of saints, was passed around for us to pick. I picked up and blessed Pierre Giorgio Ferrasati. Mm -hmm. On the piece of paper, it was written. I'll read this one now. Okay. Because this one is July 4th. And it was July, and it was, it was January 4th. So July 4th is his feast day. It says, to live without faith, without a patronymy to defend, without a steady struggle for truth that is not living, but existing. Pray for young apostles and apostles. So, and Frasati was, was a young person. Yes. Uh, as I recall, he was a mountain climber and things of that mm -hmm. nature. That's, yeah, very handsome fellow, as I recall, yeah. uh, from photos I've seen of him. Because he, yes. he's, he's relatively recent. Mm -hmm. He's yes. not he's not someone from you know ages ago. So that's that's interesting because it's directing you to young people and you had already said you weren't looking to write things for adults. And, right. and now you're getting this sort of I don't know, this message of, of, of implicit message yeah, exactly. to do something so, else. I uh, got it that that I should start writing what I know about the Catholic faith for non Catholic to come back, you know, to Catholic mm -hmm. faith. And also, not to be afraid that one, we're not worshiping Blessed Virgin Mary. We're not. That's very clear that we're not worshiping her. She is a human being mm -hmm. who was given a very special role that she accepted, as opposed to what Eve did, which was to disobey. And some other things that the non-Catholics are frowning at, you know, the Rosary, the power of the Rosary. That's very important too, uh, Ada, because. Uh, a lot of folks think that again that because Catholics say the rosary that they are in fact talking about Mary primarily but in fact what they're doing is Mary's telling the story basically of her son Jesus Christ and all of the things that happened in his life that led to our salvation and to the potentiality of eternal life once again it's not her she's she's an instrument who accepted to cooperate with him exactly and which is what we're supposed to do too and she's our 
human model, a special human, no doubt about it. Exactly. And you know, the thing about it is, it's just Satan is trying to change people, non-Catholics, and some Catholics who don't believe in her power, in her intercession, is this. You see, of all the human beings created, and all, all those patriots, prophets, she's the only one who obeyed God 100%. 100%, yes. And, you know, do you think it boils my, it, you know, it fascinates me, it makes me keep thinking, you know, uh, she's powerful. You know what? You see, Aaron and also the priests in the Old Testament, they have to be very, very careful or they will die. You see, when they, I'm talking about because the Blessed Virgin Mary, then I'll go back to her, now is this. Those um, priests, they'll wear a long robe and on the robe, on the, on the bottom, on the hem of it, they'll attach bells and they have a long robe attached to it. When they go into the Holy of Holies to offer sacrifice, after offering for their own sins, purging their own sins, and then to now offer sacrifices for the atonement for the people, mm -hmm. okay? Do they put a bell around him so if he dies, hmm, nobody will go there and die again. So they'll use a rope and pull him up. So if there's, if I never heard there, that. That yeah, is amazingly yeah, interesting. It, yeah, it's, it's, it's in the Bible. If 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 he shake, if the bell doesn't shake again, they know that guy is dead. Something happened. He to did him. something wrong. Either he didn't atone for his sin properly, or he did something wrong. He's dead. So they, when they don't hear anything, they silence, pull him out. They just use the rope and pull him out. Mm -hmm. So if that is the person that, see, this is Holy of Holies, just tabernacle, okay? You know, a replica of what is in heaven that Moses did, because Moses was told to do everything as he saw in heaven. The pattern got showed it. So that's now Jesus Christ, the real God. Is inside somebody the real the, 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 the real the, our high priest our true high priest exactly right. true high priest mm -hmm. somebody holding him you telling me that person me and the person were in the same footing no we are not and never will so she's a class on her own mm -hmm. so we need to learn about her learn some things about her so we can be saints now the prophet and she's a bridge she's a bridge to him she is the bridge to him the human bridge to him okay yes and not only that the you know the the you know in the womb the genes the blood will mix right and jesus christ sucked her you know she she knows jesus christ so the genes and everything will be in jesus christ so it's a mystery it is a mystery the, I, yeah virgin mary sincerely yes if, yes see Non-Catholics, they will write, they will study Paul, study James, write the book about Paul, write the book about Peter, all this. But why wouldn't they write about Mary? You see, the devil is just deceiving them because she's a very powerful woman, very holy, somebody who She's Jesus what we Christ. want to be. We want yeah, to be her so that we can have a close relationship with him. Exactly. As close as she did, if possible. We just ask, and then in the old, just see the Maccabees. That's another place where some things went wrong with the non-Catholics that they don't know is that about asking the saints to pray for us. I just, oh, that is so quirky. I just read, I think it's 12 Maccabees, where 
the general, Judas Maccabeus, he discovers that they kept a little uh, pagan uh, superstitious, mm-hmm. I, you know, like a like a magic thing, uh, because they were just sort of hedging their bets and they weren't weren't totally believing in God, and because of that, quote sin, he encourages the prayer for the dead. I didn't really realize that prayers, you know, that's the source of prayer for the dead in the Old Testament. It's hard to believe. Well, again, Catholics don't pay a whole lot of attention to the Old Testament, and we should. Yes. It's a precursor. Exactly. And the Jews also pray for the dead. Yes. So, but non-Catholics, they don't. So the thing is this, that the devil is wicked, and he knows how to fight to separate, and like a ship, if he's going straight, if goes a, a few knots away from the mm-hmm. the course, you know, they'll sail away, not going to the destination. But, you know, how they show, but, so the so now in the Old Testament in Maccabees, there's a place where the, the, the one of the generals in their army now prayed for the dead, mm-hmm. their dead. Mm-hmm. And also, the Jews also, they pray for their dead. And we asking the saints to pray for us. It's in order. Then, for Blessed Virgin Mary, also, for her interceding for us, the first part is the the uh, annunciation, the, the announcing of... The birth of Jesus, birth right? Of Jesus, exactly. And then the other one was the greeting. Now, the other part, pray for us sinners now and of our death. And out of our death, there's really a struggle. Yes, because Jesus Christ will appear to each human being on this earth, whoever they take, either Jesus Christ or the the devil. Mm-hmm. Then there's a grace that is released. It's you're talking about essentially our private judgment. Each of us will exactly. be judged at the moment of our death. Exactly. Immediately, and then there's later there's a general judgment. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. So because one, that one, you know, Moses. Devil fought for his body. So now pray for us now at the hour of our death. So we need to be interceded at the hour of our death. Also, there's a gentleman, his name is King Clement. When Saddam Husseini died, he, he prophesied that he will he will know who is the king of kings. Mm-hmm. Because Jesus Christ will appear to him. Mm-hmm. Also, the thief at the at the cross. Jesus Christ appeared to him. So he represented those who at the hour of their death, Jesus Christ will appear to them and they choose. And so depending on the grace that we have, and then some Faustina. And the acceptance of the grace is critical because we all get grace, but we don't all accept grace. Exactly. Yeah. All accepting the grace. So that's that some Faustina's prayer that, you know, um, divine mercy Mm -hmm. at the hour of death. So, there's a lot to it, and uh, the time we have, you know, will not be able for us to go into all these details. So there's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot, and actually, what I what I want to say about you is that um, because you had explored other aspects of faith, yeah, the non-Catholic um, Christian faiths, before you came back to Catholicism, you've done a lot of reading, obviously, of the Bible, which a lot of Catholics don't do in the same way as non-Catholics do, non-Catholic Protestants. Um, they they are much better at reading the Bible than we are. We're getting better. We are getting better. And obviously at the Mass, all of our readings are from the Bible. But 
I think sometimes Catholics sort of like, oh, okay, that's out there. What I want to do, though, because we don't have a huge amount of time, I want to talk about what you're doing now, some of the books you've written. You, you wrote that original book, which was basically the story of how you wanted to find the unity of the church. And so tell us the name of the book. My Church, Pray for Her Unity and Work for Her Unity. And that's an ebook that people can get if they want to. Yes, it's an ebook and also hard, there's a hard copy too. And there's a hard copy. Yes, and there'll be a, a, on March 25th, I'll be having a free ebook on Amazon. Oh, good. Uh, so that's on Amazon. I, I, this, this program can be found on Amazon too. If you, it's free. I mean, you just can say I want to listen to it on Amazon. So, um, but okay. So you're having a free ebook on Amazon. And I want to mention the... before I forget that you have two websites. One is adaonwukeme.com, and I'm going to spell that because you have an unusually spelled name as I do. A D A O N W U K E M E dot com. And then the other one you have is the boc13.com, which means body of Christ. You, you just told me off, off uh, the recording. So there's information about you, about how you kind of tried to get into this uh, effort to bring people together into the Catholic faith, take your small steps at bringing us all together. But Argy, so you have that one book, but you also do, we talked about this, that you started to write children's books and you've written quite a few children's books. So tell me about the children's books. Okay, the children's books, Amber and Her Chicks, is um, it's a beautiful book that so many things um, went into it. One was a particular thing in my childhood that um, in my grandparents' compound, mm. there's a hole in the wall. <laughs> no, I know. When I was going, I saw it. it. The thing fascinated me. I would look at it, and I love it. It was so cozy. The the chick, the hens, they would go in there and lay their eggs, and so um, you know they would sit there and incubate. I just love it. I just don't know why. <laughs> so it, you know, with me, and I never knew I was going to use it. Later on, I happened to study early childhood education, and then in the course of things, the literature. We didn't have much literature back home for children. My, most of them were Jack and Jill and Jane and Janet. Mm -hmm. Nothing, uh, you know, African. You had Dick, you had Dick and Jane? Dick and Jane, yes. Dick and Jane. I had Dick and Jane, but they're not religious specifically anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, so I didn't have anything, you know, Nigerian or Igbo. So I said, okay, I'm going to write for children. So I now did some course in, in the East Coast for, for writing for children. Okay, why I taught to have patchy shells, you know, was my first children's book. So in there, it talked about um, it's a folk tale. My grandparents, my parents, they told uh, they told me on my other siblings growing up. So, and I said I'm going to write that, you know, make it have it published. So, but the thing was that one that they were lying, they lied, and then they revenged. The birds. Re um, they told Turtle to tell the wife to bring out soft things, okay? And then um, they took back their feathers because they gave Turtle the feathers. So when Turtle cheated them, or tweeted them, they took their feathers back. So Turtle don't have, can't find any other way to fly back. So Turtle tell, told them to tell the wife to bring out soft items. So but the wife went, they went and told the wife to bring hard things. Mm -hmm. out from you know for him to jump down 
when he finishes, the wife finishes to call him so that he can come, you know, jump down onto the soft things that the wife have brought out. What the birds did was, so when I found, with this thing, I said, no. I asked God, I said, God, I can't, I can't lie. I can't write this thing, having children to lie or revenge. I'll put in my values. So when I asked God to help me, and I was thinking, thinking, no, what God brought to my mind was when somebody overeats, they will sweat. And the sweat will melt the glue that held the feathers of the turtle. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So I know. It's so funny. I know. I was like, oh my God, cool. Then, now, also, another thing that happened was oh, God is awesome, honestly. So, and I was thinking, I said, okay, God, now who will make it that he will break his shell? That soft items were brought out. Well, who will make his shell to break? Then I was now thinking, oh, yes, the wind could blow and blow him to the rock near the house. And so that's how I changed it. Mm. That they didn't revenge and they, were, they didn't lie. So I went that. So, but oh, another thing that also I removed, but later I put back was slog. They said that slog helped him, but I didn't like slog. But what's a slog? Slog. I know it's it's in the family of snails. Oh, slugs! I call slug. them slugs. You call them slugs. I'm calling them slugs. Yeah, I know what slug. you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. So I saw one. I saw one, and then I hit it with a stick. I tried to pull the stick out. It will not leave. It was a glue. Mm-hmm. The, the, the right. liquid that comes out. Right. I'm like, wow. So then I put it back. So in the story now, because I put because in the original story they put that the the the, the slug used his liquid from his body and and uh, put the shell back together. So I said the the crocodile. I used all the animals. Uh, right. These are all animals, yeah, obviously. Uh, uh, yeah. By yeah. the river. And, and used um, the liquid from the slug to glue the turtle back together. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is cool. <laughs> yeah, and imaginative. I, uh, yeah, really, really imaginative. Yes, imaginative to make it look real. Right. Right, but kids—that's how yeah. that's how kids do things. They have yeah. in their imagination. That's how they create reality or right. uh, or explain reality. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yes, it's make believe. I did say, yeah, it's make believe. However, not to make it revengeful. That's Correct. what I'm Right, you want to keep good values in, good in, values this, in right. there and make it act as if it's real. But gotcha. some possibilities, reality that could make it real. In the sense that. So tell me then, about the other books that you've written. And then uh, Amber and Her Chicks was um, the hole in the wall. Oh yeah, that that the that the hens would lay uh, lay eggs in. Exactly. Okay. So I loved it, and then um, also to teach children about obedience, obeying their parents. If if you don't teach your children, if the children don't listen to you, or you don't teach your children, society will teach them. It's right? stuff, right? right. Not yes. necessarily good stuff, right? Exactly. The first thing they they learn, they think it's the truth. The first thing they hear, they think it's mm -hmm. the truth. And if you don't correct it, they'll carry it on, and it's hard to unlearn what one learns. Mm -hmm. okay. So with that, I uh, did this about um, as a teacher, what could, uh, how the the hen could teach their children with that hole in the wall. I want to weave it. 
with children and animals come animals and teach them about colors about incubation yeah and about prayer and love and forgiveness you know when you when you when you offend someone say sorry and also when somebody offend you pray for them and forgive them so that's that's the second book amber and her chicks, chicks. and then we have looking i'm looking because we're looking at the books right now it's a christmas book called one starry night in bethlehem yeah one story uh, one starry night in bethlehem yes this one you know um i wanted to write something that in a different perspective imaginative for children also and also adult reading for them the thing the two different things from it is just the animals about them and their perspective with what happened using um, David's story about killing the bear and singing to the animals mm -hmm. at the meeting. He mm -hmm. played his harp. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, but it will not be like sequentially like that, though, you know, the stories. And then there's uh, and also, also about the kingdom of God at the end of the day, which is the second coming of Jesus Christ. I put in there. I put in his first coming and then also wrapped it up with his second coming mm. so that people will be aware of the of the real Christmas why Jesus Christ came is actually came to redeem us you know from the fall and then when we believe in him you know the power you know to deliver us and also in that course of um, journey when we see certain things that is not of him we should also go to him to deliver us because if we don't i was using uh, one of the key things was about prejudice about people thinking they're better than this person or better than that person or jealousy envy you know race that no 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 we're all created well everything god created he created it for his glory and for beauty it's and because he loved us so very much exactly Exactly, and died for us. And died for us in order that we would have a restored relationship with him, which we broke. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's it. And also the, the, the part, the soul, the, the whole world is not worth a single soul. So that's why I have my books rapid, have some literature and then have some tying. So it's it, it has a deep meaning, but it's presented to children in a way that they will understand and which appeals to their their developing imaginations yes. and what's the next one that you have here okay yeah now, this one is uh, also essence of the word of god illustrated and this one is about certain objects used to depict the power and the relevance of the word of god in one's life mm. and uh for instance, like this light you have now. You know, yeah, the light dark. above me is my uh, is my fan as well. It's a light and a fan in, in this little dining room studio, yeah. Yes, so like uh, the word of God is like a lamp, okay? Mm -hmm. So we use it to see. So that like this, that world, you use it to know the right, right from wrong. And then another one, another... Oh, I just opened up to bread and like the word of God is like bread mm -hmm. so if we eat the bread there's regular bread okay, mm -hmm. we have strength okay, to do activity it sustains our bodies sustains our body, mm -hmm. 
But he is the bread of life in a very, very more powerful way than even that, right? Exactly. Right. And so if we eat him, yes, he will give us strength uh, to endure temptation, trials and temptation. Very good. Yeah. And so that touching of the soul, they're different objects. And also talked about relationship, you know, grandparents and parents. So because one thing again, generational, it's good to have generational relationship, you know, true grandparents and grand grandparents. Which we used to have here in the States, but unfortunately we've kind of lost all of that where you know, it, it was always common all over the world where uh, parents and grandparents and great-grandparents would live with the, the family, and that was true here too, but it's become less so. And, you know, it needs to be because so that the grandparents would feel valued, mm -hmm. you know, and then interacting with them, you know, it gives them a sense of pride and joy. Even longevity, you know, and health. Yes. You know, and they all know that they, 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 they are still, they are needed, you know, they are, they are valued. So this is, and so do you have another book in the, in the, in the planning stage right now? Oh yes, I'm working on yes. Okay, so you know, keep that. We'll we'll keep that a secret right now, yeah, and then yes. when when you're ready, you'll put it on your website, and uh, and you can and people can take a look at what goes on with you on a regular basis, okay. and how your Catholic faith has has transformed your life and can transform the lives of others. Yes, and remember March twenty fifth from. 12 midnight from 12 midnight 12 a.m. to 11:59 p.m. Um, PST time zone Pacific standard time, time. Mm -hmm. yes the my church pray for our unity and work for our unity will be free downloaded on uh, on both websites or just uh, on no, the one on, on one on the but, one but if you if you go on Ada you could see the link to go to my Amazon. website Amazon yeah, on my website, if you click okay. on the link, should be able to, you know, okay. show it. Well, I, I, there's so much, you know, every life has an incredible story. And one of the things I like doing about the show is, is that I get to hear so many stories. I, I, I'm looking forward to getting back to interviewing, which I haven't done much of lately because of this. And I, I just want to thank you, Ada, for, for taking time to tell us a little bit of your story and how you're translating your skills and your charisms into into something that is glorifying God. I thank God. I give him all the glory. He's the one that gave me the enablement. I think he does that for all of us and we sometimes we waste our talents instead of, of, of developing them. It, the gifts are there for him and for the world. I thank you so much. Thank you too. May God bless you and reward you. Thank you. Once again, I want to thank Ada Onwokeme for spending some time with us on Ordinary Old Catholic Me. And I hope you enjoyed it. And we'll hopefully do more interviews now that COVID seems to be in retreat. Until next week, I wish you well. <laughs>